I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Apple announced plans for alternative iPhone and iPad app stores in the EU, but developers still feel some kind of way. Should linear television be concerned about live events moving to streaming platforms like Netflix and Peacock? Google DeepMind proposes a new AI to assist doctors with wellness checks. And Black Twitter is not bothered by all the things antithetical to Black culture on X. We've got all this and more for you in episode 115 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Not looking forward to the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not looking forward to it. <laughs> I will be watching halftime and nothing else. And they're actually streaming that on Apple TV. Um, I think they're. I think I'm pretty sure Apple TV Plus is streaming the Usher halftime. So just so the halftime show. Yeah. So, so I can get away with not needing to turn the NFL on at all. At all. Say less. Say less. <laughs> you know, people are going to be calling. For her usher, can't you can't you uh, get her a little little cameo? So I heard I I don't know if this is true because I saw it on TikTok, um, but they've I've heard that they've already told him that his show is going to be two minutes shorter because of the you know airtime they are going to want to give to her during the game. That's crazy. I don't know if like crazy. I said, don't don't quote me. It was literally a random and a satirical TikTok at that. But I feel like there was some truth to it that they're cutting his show down just because they know they're going to be cutting to her so often during the game. She's going to take up some of that time. I hope that's not the case. I really do. Because when I think about that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they're cutting to her during dead play. The game doesn't get longer because they're doing that. You know, right. they just—it's not like they're going to say, "Uh, yeah, uh, Patrick, hold up, don't snap the ball because we need to go get this shot." Uh, uh, your but are girl. they planning to cut to her during his performance? And um, that's where they're cutting that, that time. That off. would be foul. Yeah, that would be foul. I'm not saying that they wouldn't do it, but that—that that would be foul if you did that because, like, you don't get paid for like these, uh, no, these, uh, these performances at all. So you ask him, you ask this man to do the show. He's doing it on his dime. And then you're going to take and then cut to somebody else. That like, will affect I, I them getting I'm guests wrong. not named Tyler Swift going forward. That, that, yeah. That's just me. That's just how I think about that. I hope I'm wrong. And and hopefully if Apple's airing it, they won't air that part. And I can mm. just watch it over there. 
So, y'all, let's go ahead and uh, dive into some of these news headlines from over the from over the last week. And but before we get into our uh, stories, we're going to spend some time on. I do want to hit up Apple again. We spent a fair amount of time talking about Apple and just what they're doing with their their payment systems here in the United States or pretty much everywhere that is not the UK where you can now use alternative payment systems. And we spent a fair amount of time on that. But literally right after we did the show last week, they came out and said what they're doing in the European Union where their Digital Markets Act have changed rules over there. So now you will actually be able to install third party or what Apple is calling alternative app stores or even sideload apps over in Europe. You will also be able to use third party payment processors and the rules there are a little different here. So if you, if you're using a alternative payment system, if you're using an alternative app store, you do not have to pay Apple anything at first. So you have this other store, you can run it, do everything you want to do through that other store. You do have to, your software still has to be checked by Apple. They want to make sure that there's no malware and stuff like that in your, in your software, but it's pretty much free reign. You do what you want to do on the first million downloads. After a million downloads, Apple wants 50 cents for every single download for every year that the app is installed. So developers are still kind of going that's just like you're still getting all the money apple if you if you apple's do this apple's going to get their money i apple's mean apple's going to get their money but it's just like i i'm of a couple minds about this because it's their phone like i don't i don't know what you expect a company to do to accommodate you when it's their hardware, like, and, you know, and, and granted, Apple doesn't need to be some draconian, monopolistic, whatever, but this is still capitalism we're talking about and it's their phone. So I just, I just, I'm not sure how you, how you really justify this level of, um, regulation in what they can and can't do with their own hardware um, because people could just get a, a, a Android phone and right. sideload all the apps they want. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not like Apple has created some type of unfair um, competitive advantage because there's other phones that people could use. Um, so I just, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, Apple's still going to get their money, obviously, clearly, but I'm just not even sure how you were able to make this argument in the first place um, when you could just get a different phone. Right. Um, I'm of multiple minds as well. I'm just not necessarily concerned, but I wonder if these developers who are having or are bringing up this issue, are they bringing it up because Apple this Apple tax of 30% or are they bringing it up because there are some other um, arguments as to why they feel like Apple needs to open up to another app store? Is it like, Oh, we feel like um, other places don't have the resources or is it, you know um, what is the, what is the moral or ethical issue because it's not illegal. So it's got to be a moral or ethical reason as to why people want the app store to open up. Or is it just a guise to say, we just don't want to pay the Apple tax. If you just don't want to pay the Apple tax, just come with it and say, yo, that's crazy. That's too much. Blah, 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 blah. Let's try to get it down. Right. But to say, oh, we believe that democracy and 
and but really you just you know it's like which one is it are you you know i guess that's my thing not necessarily doing doing it um malintent but it's like if you just say hey i don't want to pay the apple tax and go at it at that angle don't come at it as oh we're concerned that apple is a closed shop and it's going to create some sort of monopoly you know which one is it come come correct i guess is my thing this is one to me for what's happening in the UK right now, or I should say in Europe right now is it is, is one of those things where I think it is does what Apple charges. Does it just feel like it's too much? I, I don't know that anyone can win the argument that they shouldn't charge for you to use their platform. Mm-hmm. It is just that before last week, it was 30%. 30, 30%, you want 30%? 30% seems extravagant. It is. It's like, okay, wait, <laughs> if I use a third party payment processor, you still want 27%? That just seems like that's a lot. So what's happening now is that, well, you can use your alternative app store. Oh, cool. We win. We're not going to take anything. Oh, cool. We win until you get to a million and one. Then we want 50 cents a year for every download over a million. Oh, wait a minute. We still got to pay you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, kind of, because now Apple's not really working any differently than a lot of other companies. I mean, there's other platforms. There there are software platforms that, that exist. If you want to put your app inside of someone else's platform, then you may have to pay them. And it may be a heck of a lot more than 50 cents to do it. So this is just one of those ones where I'm not sure how this is going to come down. One of the things that Theory Brayton, that is the one of the chiefs over in the European Union, as far as uh, the European Commission is, that's over all of this competition market stuff. And they're saying that th- this law goes into effect. The DMA goes into effect on March 6th or March 7th. They will they will look at it and, and they, they will start making their determinations from there. So with all that being said, there, you know, Apple may be, you know, they may have to adjust on this, but what is really happening is that Apple is saying is that we are going to do what is legal. And if it is legal for us to do this, we're going to make this money. If you have a problem with that, don't use Apple. You, you, you can go use the number two app, you know, platform out there. You can go use Android if you so choose to do so. The argument is being made. Well, Google doesn't do this for third party apps on their platform and Apple is saying, but we're not Google. And that's <laughs> They're it. flat out saying we're not Google. We don't roll like Google. It's like, so. yeah, this is, I don't, like I said, I'm just like, they go and get their money regardless. I don't really understand, you know, why people are like, I, well, I do understand because it is a lot of money, um, but the cost of doing business, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't and know. Just, you know, we can get off of this, but just to give you some more specifics. So they, there's basically three different things you can do. You can stay with the old plan. You're still going to pay your 30% or 15%, depending on how many, how, if, if you're a big platform developer or not, you can, you can go where we're going to keep our stuff in the app store, but we want to use a third party payment processor. So now you can, or well, we're only going to take, you know, a lesser percent. I want to say it is 17% plus a 3% processing fees. So Apple's still going to get 20% of it. And you still have to pay that 50 cents on every download every year over 1 million. I don't know the too many companies are going to take that. And then there, of course, is the, you are under 1 million downloads and you just use your own payment processor. You use your own app store and Apple says they're going to stay out of it, which is actually in the UK. I keep saying the UK, but it's not the UK. It is the, it's the European economic area. So it's multiple countries over there. I, I think they said only about 12 or 13% of developers would actually be over that threshold. 
So for most developers, this is not going to be an issue, but the big ones, the Epic games of the world, they're the ones who are going to have the big issue. And they're already saying that they're going to sue Apple over this. So, so we we will see what ends up happening. I would be curious just uh, real quick before we wrap up, um, how security is going to fare now. I mean, you know, Apple has a vested interest in maintaining a level of security that people buy the phone for. However, you know, once you start talking about sideloading apps and alternative app stores and things like that, like, does that obligation go away? And and are you taking that risk and, and assuming that liability if you choose to like, will, 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 a, will a little window pop up, you know, or an alert pop up saying like, okay, if you do this, like your, your warranties void, like we, we can't guarantee nothing else at this point if you choose to go this route. Um, because security is like Apple's brand. So it's just, I, I would be curious to know how they're going to sort of maintain that standard while also allowing all these, you know, random ancillary things to happen on their, on their phones now. They are requiring that the apps that are being offered outside of the app store do go through a review process from Apple. So I think that Apple is going to do that. They're going to run those apps through the same stuff they would run apps that go through the app store for their own protection, but then they're going to kind of do, and for folks who cannot see me who are listening, I'm just putting my hands up and like, well, <laughs> you know, That's we try to tell like, you. When the, when the, say, we try when to the tell you. When the comes down or, you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of just, you know, opportunities yeah. uh, for these, for these apps to go completely rogue. And, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for them to try to keep their hands, which is why they had an app store in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so it's, I, I just think it's going to be tough to try to keep their hands around, their arms around, you know, everything else that's going to be going on. And and not just on a, a security level, just on a customer support level. I'm thinking that too, because when people download apps on their phone and the app don't work, they're not calling the app developer. They are calling Apple's customer service. And I can imagine there are people I've worked in customer service before. And there are people when you call, when they call, they want you, the person who picked up the phone to solve their problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if through trial and trial and error, through process of troubleshooting, I, as a customer service rep, discover or point out the fact that this is a third party app that's been sideloaded or been downloaded from an alternative store. And I say, hey, due to Apple's yada, 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 read the whatever mm-hmm. you have to contact. XYZ app, they're going to be like, oh, this is unacceptable because right. I paid the first thing out of my mouth is right. I paid $1,200 right. for, for this, this iPhone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. You need to tell me, you can't tell me what's going on with my, yep. app, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm not saying, and these are anecdotal, of course, but we know how people are. No, that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, I think Apple is gangster enough to say, try to tell you. And they we will. There's really nothing we can do and for you at this point. Be, people will have their faces cracked, yeah. but it's just like the idea that we have to go through this at all. You know, well, right. we not we, because I don't intend to use any alternative app stores. But, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I, not that I feel bad for Apple necessarily, but it, it just it, it just seems a little bit ridiculous to me. Um, well, now, so and we'll, and we'll move on. But I can see how Apple we're talking about Apple and being gangster. I could see how developers would be like, hey, we should be able to third party apps and sideloading and 
alternative app stores because of competition. There have been plenty of times to where Apple has had beef with apps, not because they violated some safety or sexual or profiting or whatever the case rules. It's just that they app was better than Apple's native app. <laughs> and Apple was like, eh, you know, and then they're like calendar apps to do apps are the ones that pop up in my mind in recent history to where Apple's have some beef with the app developer and that, and the app developers had to either dumb down or had to agree to some weird new rule just to remain in the app store. Now I can see that to where right. an app developer saying, Hey, do I want to fight this with Apple because they are hating, <laughs> right. you know, or, or do I just can go I to go this to other... this third, you know, whatever, mm. whatever, whatever. And then I just have to be okay with whatever comes with not being in Apple's app store. I can see that. And then that competition either making Apple work harder for their native apps to re- remain the app or buy the company or whatever the case may be, which most developers, they want to be bought. They want to make a dope app. It hit the top list. Apple come calling. They scoop them up. They get a nice little paycheck, right? So I can see that being the case. I uh, I made this comment on SMR podcast last week when we recorded it. I just think that Apple's going to act like Big Red from Five R Beats. They're going to start telling <laughs> folks. Office hours. <laughs> <laughs> Nine to five. It is like, and that's just how they roll. It is like, you, you, do we? Do I really need to hang you off this balcony to prove my point? And right. I, I, I think that is how they're going to operate. It's they hold hands. Like, we tried to tell you this. This. This is why we have been fighting this fight for all this time. But now the law says we got to do it, so we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You installed the third party app. Ain't nothing we can do for you. Uh, I ain't really hanging up on you, but I'm no longer listening. I'm going to move on to the next call. Right. Nights like this, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Steph, I know uh, you being the huge sports fan and fake wrestling fan that you are, that you might have felt some kind of way about the WWE moving over to, you know, moving Monday Night Raw over to Netflix. I wasn't. However... I used to be a huge wrestling fan back in the day when it was WWF. Yeah, I, we all it were. Was How Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan and John Tito Tantana in a Continental Champion. I, the Randy Macho Man <laughs> Savage. Like I was a huge wrestler. You and you could not convince me it wasn't real. Like I, and I watched it every week. And Bobby Heenan and Jimmy mm-hmm. the Superfly Snooker. And yo, I was a huge wrestling fan back in the day. Captain I am New not Alabama. so much. All, yeah. all of them. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Loved it. Loved it. So I bring this up because Netflix backed up a Brinks truck to yeah, WWE and was like, "Hey, let me holler at you right fast. What do you think about bringing Monday Night Raw?" Over to Netflix. So starting in January of next year, a year from now, that is what is going to happen. And I believe it was a $5 billion deal. So I want to get you guys' take on this because Netflix is doing something. This is not their first time dealing with streaming, but this is the kind of content that they're looking at now. They literally are going after linear television because Monday Night Raw is the biggest thing on the USA Network. I don't think anything else on the USA Network even comes close to the point where I don't know that I can even tell you another show that comes on the USA Network. That's how big Raw is over there on that platform. So they're bringing this over. And 
you know, one of the other things we talked a, a, about a few weeks ago was that there was a NFL playoff game, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Miami. I think that that game, it yeah. didn't come on, line, it didn't come on linear television. The only way you were able to watch that game was you either had to have like NFL ticket or you were able to watch it if you were in the local market of one of those two teams, or you had to sign up a Peacock subscription and just looking at the, you know, Peacock has released some numbers. They had 2.8 million people sign up to that. So this has me sitting here thinking, it's like, huh, that that's different. They're making money off of doing these things. The leagues, the WWE, are we seeing not just cutting the cord being an issue for cable companies. But do we see even with linear over the air television, do we see them taking all the content that used to come on just free linear TV or on regular cable that is now no longer on those platforms. It is now on some type of streaming service. Well, that's the thing. When I was reading this, I was like, well, damn, is, is every platform going to be a cable platform now? Like there, what, where are we going to be able to watch? You know, you, you can't, I can't be, I have prime Apple TV plus HBO max, Netflix, Hulu. And I think those are the five. Oh no, my mom is paying because she likes the new Frasier show. She's Paramount Plus <laughs> and Britbox. She watches some stuff on. So we have seven streaming platforms that we can access. I'm not saying I'm paying for all of them, but we have seven streaming pl- in addition to cable. I still have cable, mm-hmm. regular cable television through Verizon. So like where does it end? You know what I mean? Like are we going to um um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like dilute content so thinly that you're going to need 10 different platforms just to watch the shows you actually like. Cause now if you're, if you're moving live television or, or, or broadcast TV, I should say, um, be it, you know, affiliates or cable to, to streaming platform, like where does it end? That that's all I'm saying because I'm up to seven now. I got seven logins <laughs> right now in addition to my cable, and it just it just it just never ends. Um, maybe silver lining, people stop watching TV as much. I don't know. Um, that's the only thing I can think is <laughs> there's so turn much it, going turn, on. Turn right, right. Or we go to social media for entertainment because. It's almost now to where you can't even, I personally can't even, it's tough to scroll social media because the things that I maybe was thinking about watching or things that I'm currently watching, but I'm a couple of shows behind or maybe Mm -hmm. a season behind, you can't even get on social media because somebody's spoiling it, you Mm -hmm. know, so I could see, I could see companies trying so hard to try to advertise their shows to us on social media, that social media gets over flooded with, you know, every single show has got to have a social media rollout and they got to be, you know, and to where now it's just like, all right, you know, I, I, I can't, there's so much stuff out there. I don't know where it's at. So let me do something else with my time and go on social media. And then now, you know, on social media, watching the whole show clip by clip by clip. Right. right. You know? on, on TikTok, basically. <laughs> on, right. Uh, right. Three minutes at a time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To where, you know, um, maybe there's a reckoning and maybe we 
as cyclical and it comes back around. It needs to be something. Because I'm 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 tired of flipping back between a 511 streaming services just to watch the content that that I want to see, and then just remembering what 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 platform, what app right. do I need to load in order to watch this show? Oh, that, that is a big thing. On this, it, and there was a couple other things um, that that I took from this uh, these two stories. Um, number one, I'm wondering if this deal had. It had only been able to happen because Vince McMahon just got indicted. Uh, Vince McMahon just got indicted for like sex trafficking or some oh, like like oh, some wow. serious shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vince McMahon is going to jail. Um, oh my and he looks, oh my God. He, I mean, not that I'm trying to be snarky, but I don't know if the steroids or whatever he's been using all his life has caught up to him. But ooh, yeah. I was like, I saw that picture with, with the, with the article. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's going, he's up yeah. on some serious, serious charges right now. So it, and he's, and he recently resigned as the CEO of WWE because of these charges that he has pending. Mm-hmm. So this, I'd be curious this, to know this, if, if, if this had been on hold until they could get him out of there uh, to do this deal. The other thing that struck me um, in the article about the NFL, about the playoff game from a couple weeks ago with that was on Peacock, um, the company that, estimated that 2.8 million new subscribers that you talked about, Rob, is a company called Antenna. According to Antenna, according to New York-based Antenna, its estimates are based on millions of permission-based consumer opt-in raw transaction records, which are sourced quote, from a variety of data collection partners, end quote. The data includes online purchase receipts, credit, debit, and banking data, oh, man, and, they got too much quote, information. bill scrape data. I was like, yo, that's crazy. I highly doubt the consumers knew they were opting into this. You you tried to throw that little caveat in their permission-based consumer opt-in. But, yo, like, just the... the between the fact that we have to be subscribed to all these things and all of our data is just out there, like exposed for all the world to see, like crazy. The internet is wild, Joe. That's all I yeah, can say. The it's, internet it's, is wild. It's nuts. This one, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. One of the things that I could see happening is that all things are not equal for all of these streaming services. And I'm, I'm talking about the paid ones, not the fast, like the Tubi TV or the Pluto or yeah, Pluto's the, my yeah. Uh, so I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the, the, the other ones where people are paying each month to have these platforms. All things are not great for all of them. Netflix is doing ridiculously well. If you look at the stock price over the last several days, but Hulu and Disney is kind of doing this thing, but everyone else is significantly small compared to Netflix. And what has happened is that all these new platforms came out and you would see all these subscriber numbers during the pandemic. They just shoot up. But even when they're shooting up, they only get to a fraction of where Netflix is. And then they start to taper off. And then you see them growing almost in the same, you know, upper trajectory that Netflix is. And in some cases, Netflix is actually even growing faster than some of these newer services with significantly left users on them. And I think like Terrence, you said, are people just going to start, stop watching TV? Maybe. 
Because it's like, if I can't get a show on something that I already have, then there's so many other things that I can watch. I'm just not going to make a choice to go watch that one thing that I can have. Apple has, an, you know, I don't want to call it an advantage, but Apple has got some really, really, really good content on their platform. So people are going to Apple because the content is just so good. But the problem is that that content that they're putting over there is re- ridiculously expensive. Mm -hmm. So, so at some point it's going to be like, how are you paying for all this content when you don't have the library that everyone else, not everyone that particularly that Netflix has and and Disney kind of has through their combination of Disney and what they have on Hulu. So are you going to see all of these big players start to do, you know, consolidations? Will you see time Warner? I guess that's what uh, max is under. Will they combine with someone else? And now this is just part of another service. Will you see NBC, which is Peacock, will they combine with somebody else? And now it's just another service. You know, will, will we start to see consolidation? I don't know what the answer to this is, but you're right. It is this, untenable this to have much. <laughs> 50, 11 different platforms you have to pay for individually. It is. It and is. Then, crazy. So, and then to make matters worse, like for instance, I use Apple TV, right? And Apple TV does a good job of saying, Oh, any app that you downloaded onto the platform, they say, Oh, do you want us to include this app in the, I call it the home screen, right? So it kind of consolidates or aggregates rather, that's even a better word, aggregates all of the apps and all the shows you watch on that apps to kind of show you what you can watch next. What's up next? You know, you, but the so problem you is. Had, so if you had like a Paramount Plus subscription, Hulu, you could put that app on inside Apple TV's home screen. Well, not necessarily put it inside, but Apple TV will say, do you want us to kind of dig into this app and kind of show you what you've been watching and put it on our home screen? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, you but, never have to leave that app. Well, see, but that's the trick, though. <laughs> what happens is whether you have um paid for the subscription or not, like, say, for instance, the football game, right, was streamed on whatever Peacock. was streamed on Peacock, Peacock right? So now you have signed up for Peacock just to watch that game. You never plan on ever touching Peacock again. But now, since you've given Apple TV that access, <laughs> how they get you is, uh, let's just say you go forward and cancel the subscription, but you don't delete the app off your TV or your Apple TV. What it'll do is I catch myself doing this sometimes, too. I'll see a whole bunch of stuff and be like, oh, that looks interesting. <laughs> and then I click on it to open it. And it's like. You have to now subscribe. It's like, man, yeah. I didn't right, got my right, mouth watered right. yeah. to watch this show. And <laughs> it's I the ain't same even way. a member. I got a sign in, create right. account. Never mind. For it you. is Never the same mind. way with Google TV. There will be something to come up for Max on Google TV. Oh, let me go check this. Out. Oh, crap. It's on Max. I don't have Max anymore mm-hmm. um, because I have 100% gotten rid of my cable subscription because when I was getting Max, I was getting it because I still had HBO on my cable and that's how I was getting it. But when I got rid of my cable altogether, I no longer have that HBO subscription. Therefore, I no longer have Max. So yeah, that, that's how they get me there. It's like, Oh crap, I can't get this. And then with, with Amazon Prime, you go into Prime, they've got, what is it? Free V. There's like a thousand different. Yeah, it's Free V and stars yeah. and, everything. um, everything. And, uh, Epic. Everything's on Prime. Every, so everything like, is in there. And I'm just like, where do I go to see the shit that I'm actually allowed to watch for free? Cause I'm paying for prime. That's all I want to see. Don't yeah. show me nothing else besides what I'm paying you for that I can watch included in the subscription. They should, they should let you filter your, your home screen 
based on what's included in the subscription because that's all I want to see. I want to so see nothing else. My parents have cut the cord recently. And my pop said to me, he's like, man, they need to have like a TV guide or something so I can figure out what comes on what because you just don't know anymore. He's like, you have no idea. He done loaded up. So he, so he has, uh, he actually has Roku TVs. Mm-hmm. So he's like thinking he's just going to be able to go watch whatever he wants to watch. It's like, nah, son, it don't work like that. I should say, like, nah, dad, it don't work like that. But I was like, no, you have to actually go download these apps and put them on here. So mm-hmm. what, what he has is an over the air TV. So. So he's actually got the old school antenna tower that, you know, that big triangle tower that goes up 50 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually put an HD antenna on the top of that. So he can pull cha- just HD channels from 150 miles in each direction. Um, so he's like, I, you know, most of the stuff I watch is on one of these channels is like, cause he's just like a local, local news person and sports. So he decided to get rid of it to just get rid of that cable bill. But now it's like, it's frustrating for him because he just can't watch what he wants to watch because he has no idea how am I supposed to know what app. I'm supposed to load up to watch something. So it's ridiculous. It's too yeah. much. It's yeah. too much. They cable and streaming is doing too much right now. Seriously. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So yeah, this next story, y'all, Terrence, I believe you stuck this one in here. And it's about AI doctor's assistant. And I read, I read through this. I'm going to let you introduce the article and introduce what's going on. But I, I got some questions that I want to get into at the end, because when I start hearing AI and medical records and stuff like that, I get real concerned. Like I, I start scratching my, my neck starts to itch when I hear <laughs> what these algorithms can do. So 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 what is happening uh, with Google DeepMind in this new system that they have called Amy out? Yeah, sure. Uh, Google Google DeepMind has proposed a new AI model they're calling Amy. Yes, Articulate Medical Intelligence Explorer, according to the new paper that was recently published to the preprint server R6, Amy should be able to take in the information from patients and then provide clear explanations of where their medical conditions currently are. Amy isn't designed to replace doctors. They made sure to put that in there, though. Google's AI doctor system is merely meant for now to act as an assistant for the doctor for wellness visits and consultations. So think of you walking into urgent care, you know, your kids got a boo-boo or they got a cough or you got congestion, something not emergency room or something not primary care physician, but something that you may need somebody to look at. Instead of you waiting in line, instead of you filling out a form, instead of you talking to a nurse or a help desk or a main desk receptionist who really don't care all that much, you know, because we've been places to where customer service is kind of, eh, mm-hmm. right? There are some of us that would rather 
do like the chat apps where you can chat with the person and they walk you through whatever. So think of this. You go into the urgent care and instead of talking to a nurse or a rep or office person, you go on the screen and a AI person comes up and says, tell me what's going on. You say whatever, whatever. They look against your records. They look against what's going on and say, hey, based on what you told me, you've got X, Y and Z. What do you want to do? Do you want to see a doctor? Do you want to get a prescription? Whatever the case may be. So I guess I put this in here to find out, you know, where 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 your ideas are, where your thoughts are as far as being able to go in and talk to a AI assistant instead of a nurse, instead of a doctor, instead of an office manager to talk about your problems. And then, like Rob mentioned, that information, they're using your data, your medical data to process that information. No. <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. No. Um no. I, I I don't have anything else to say besides no. I just it it I would be curious to know how soon they think they could roll something like this out. Mm-hmm. Um because the AI is not there yet, like not even close to being able to at the and I know there's they already have done studies where, you know, AI has diagnosed stuff better than doctor human doctors by you know, a couple percentage points or whatever. Um, but still it, it, I, I can't imagine what the liability would be in allowing something like this to happen. Um, you know, the, the potential for, I mean, you know, hospitals, hospitals get hacked like crazy now. Like this mm-hmm. would just, I think open up. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't want to see an AI anything when I go to my doctor. No, <laughs> that's my, just, my just, on the front, yeah. just on the yeah. front end, just, yeah. just to get, through the, no. the, the just just no. the questionnaire of right. stuff that you're going right. through right now so so here is my take no. on this i am intrigued by the ability to do these things the technology to do it is cool but i cannot ignore just all the things that go with being citizens that have excessive melanin <laughs> skin tones in this country right. so the biggest question for me is how will Amy and other systems like it deal with race-based medical algorithms? And, and for po- folks who do not know what race-based uh, medical algorithms are, I would imagine that there's a lot of folks who don't worry about this kind of stuff because you don't have to worry about this stuff. But let's just say that this is something that hits home for me. I have people in my family who are suffering with kidney failure. But if you are black and you are throwing off numbers for your kidney output and stuff like that, and there's there's certain types of waste products, I can't remember what the exact names of them are, but because you are black, you're allowed to have higher numbers before they actually think, oh, this is, this is, you know, an issue with your kidneys. This is just based off of you being an African American. When, when there have been study after study after study after study, and even the U.S. Kidney Foundation, they have said, we will no longer use this science that is saying that you're going to apply one number to one race and apply a different number to another race. And the reason for this is because they just looked at, well, this is black folks that have these high numbers. Uh, white folks generally don't have these high numbers. So let's actually put that into the algorithm. So whenever black folks come in with these high numbers, we're just going to discount them. Mm-hmm. And they weren't looking at lifestyle. They weren't looking at diet, which is like the biggest indicator of this. And when they go back and they do these studies and they say, well, wait a minute, if you go and you look at folks from certain parts of the country that are, are overweight and eat in certain way and have diabetes, 
then their numbers look almost identical to each other, regardless of whether you're black or white. But that's not what these algorithms are doing. They're basing it off of race. There was an article that I just read probably in the last week or so. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, of these twins. They're, they're, they're grown women now, but they are fraternal twins, two sisters. Um, they're biracial. One of them looks completely black. The other one looks like she would pass for completely white. And simply because and like the the way the article was written is that, you know, they could go into the hospital presenting with the exact same symptoms. But because one presents as black and the other presents as white, they will actually be treated in the hospital different differently when they have the same genetic makeup. They both have the same father. They both have the same mother. One is just very, very fair skin. The other one is very, very brown skin for someone who is biracial. And that's the only difference. And because of how things are coded in systems determines that, oh, well, yeah, this one is going to, even though they might be suffering with the same thing because you know, they're not identical twins, but they are twins. Well, no, you don't have keno issues. Uh, you just you're just African American. Your numbers wow. are okay, but no, your sister on the other hand, we need to get her a new kidney right fast. So that and, is where this breaks that, down for me because yeah. they have to look at that yeah. kind of stuff. And that, I would just be very concerned with how does it treat folks who look like <laughs> us compared to how it's it looks going, it treats it's other going folks. Treat us this, the way that it is, yeah. is going to be trained on the models that already have the bias built in, especially with stuff like this, with maternal mortality, with everything. So again, just even more ammunition for Mm -hmm. why my answer is no. (laughs) Well, I would hope we, you know, we put out this scenario. (laughs) I'm hoping they're not expecting a AI to diagnose you've got cancer in your kidneys or anything. I'm hoping that the way they explained it is just like basic information. Give me a name, give me your age, give me your weight, blood type if you got it. If you're experiencing any symptoms, you know, what medications have you taken? Are they over the counter? Do you have a prescription? Questions, simple questions like mm-hmm. that. The AI will take that role in processing that information and based off of just low level flu, sick, you know, that sort of thing, or, you know, COVID, whatever you want to say. It says, oh, well, based on the information you've given me, it looks like you have the flu, right? Next steps are to. But okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm hoping that, they don't think it that far. Let's follow that train of logic because, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at skin conditions and dermatologic conditions, you can say you're entering in all your little stuff and it's just supposed to say it looks like you have. Mm-hmm. They they can't even recognize regular eczema on black skin That's versus true. white skin or stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it you know it's you mm-hmm. it, it can say it looks like you have something you don't have or it could misdiagnose something you do mm-hmm. have based mm-hmm. on yeah no no this is a pass for me this is a um, whole, or or a we can do things pass. like this you know I I don't know that hospitals and medical institutions are still using this but they actually rate pain different for right. for hey. black folks and white folks. Yeah. So, yes, they're still so, doing that. So they're still doing that. So yes. you can go into the doctor's office and say my ears hurt. And you say well on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do your ears hurt? And you say uh oh, probably a 6. Well, if you're white and you say 6, 6 means 6. 
If you're African American and you say six, six might only mean four. So because you pull your chart out and you say, oh, well, you're black. So your six actually is four. I'm being facetious. These are not the exact numbers. I'm just giving a mm-hmm. hypothetical example, people. Um, you know, so six actually four, is down to four. Have- well, if you're only four, you probably don't have an ear infection. Here's some aspirin. Go home. I'll holler at you if you, if you've got any additional issues. So you go well, home. You don't it gets it? worse. You don't get anything because they have the bias built in saying that African-Americans that come in complaining about a certain level of pain are only trying to get opioids. You know what I mean? Like it it, it just it just can go so many ways left and wrong for us. And definitely if they expand it, I, I guess I was just reading it as you filling out a form, right? You filling out the form instead of you filling it out on a piece of paper. You're talking to this AI assistant who eventually is going to pass the information to the nurse or the um, doctor anyway. Uh, I guess I was looking at it as, all right, let's just get you filled in and get you situated nah. get you a number. And, and, and you know, that's here. never where they stop. Or now. That's you I'm know sure what I mean? That, that's, even <laughs> if that was the initial idea, mm-hmm. they would want that AI to do as much of the work as possible. And that's what they would be training it on. And mm-hmm. so it would never just stop at check-in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They would want that thing to be like a whole PA, um, mm-hmm. you know, physician's assistant and, and, and be doing, you know, giving you a shot or take drawing. They have the robot drawing blood and carrying on. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do I see in the future, are we going to be doing these kind of things? Yes, we, we are going to be using AI to help diagnose uh, various conditions. That is that is a no brainer. We're going to do that. I just want to make sure that as we are doing that, we are being equitable in how we are diagnosing things. Oh, and I have no confidence that this no, I have no confidence that we are. So a system that like right now, regardless of what your ethnicity is, you probably should be looking at this a little bit sideways. But at some point it's going to get to where, oh, this actually improved my experience. But when it gets to that point to where it is approved, you know, approved one ethnicity's experience, I don't want it to be at the cost of another one's. And mm-hmm. it's always been that way. And right. this, you know, when you're talking about medical stuff, I just don't want it to be that way. So yeah, I am not a fan of this just because I've lived here for 51 years <laughs> and I know how we do. And this, this, just, mm, you know, no, please let me talk to somebody. Please, please let me talk to a nurse, a a human nurse that, uh, Steph, I don't know if you was on this show. I think Nika might've been on this show, but there was a a situation where it was a nurse who had a patient, a woman that was pregnant and she was getting off her shift and she was telling the new, the the new nurse come in who happened to be African-American about this uh, patient. It's like, everything seems to be okay, but I'm going to do a psych, uh, psych eval. That was me. Oh, I that was you. So, that, yeah. Oh, she, we was talking about the, she was tapping, she was her, patting hair. her hair. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the three of us would all know if you were sitting here doing this, we would know what that means. You're not having any problems. It's like your head itches that, you know, we know that. So just, just things like that. If that doesn't get coded into these algorithms, because you have to code that into an algorithm to just, will. to just know that it is going to be bad situations for folks who are not the dominant ethnicity that all the data has been trained on. So well, maybe, it's a, well, maybe we aren't the minority come 2050 <laughs> and then maybe it'll stop changing because <laughs> at the rate we're going, um, mm. some folks may not be in the majority 
some well, 30 decades we'll, from now. We'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Cross that bridge when we get to. <laughs> but right now, no. <laughs> so, um, uh, Steph, I can't believe that we're talking so much sports. I know you are such the, the sports fan here. The, the, this one is yours. We got, we got to talk a little bit more about Taylor Swift. I know that was at the top of the story. But uh, what is going on with Taylor Swift and why is free speech not necessarily so free well, when I it mean, comes to some of these social media platforms? It's been, you know, widely talked about. I think, you know, we can't do a tech podcast without talking about the biggest tech story, uh, I think, of the past week. And Taylor Swift's deep fake nudes of Taylor Swift hit Twitter last week um, to the tune of like 45 million shares and retweets and views and things like that before Twitter finally decided we better do something about this. Um, and they ended up banning, uh, like they, they won't let you search Taylor Swift basically. So if you go into X right now and try to search Taylor Swift, it'll come up, the page will come up, something went wrong and it won't let you search for her at all. Um, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but it just speaks to the idea that, um, the 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 public square that Elon Musk thought X was going to be can't be that because this is what you get when when you open the the, the floodgates to you know a lack of content moderation and 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 everything else and you know it, it's just a a, a huge problem it's going to be a, a huge problem going forward this is this is one of those and, and this was funny as i was thinking about that this is one of those times because normally we're like if they was black you wouldn't da, 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 da. this is one of those times where i'm actually kind of glad it happened to taylor swift someone so high profile influential yes mm -hmm. right. because if it had happened to meg the stallion or somebody else we wouldn't be having this conversation you know the, the biden administration released a statement about this whole situation Jesus. and what they wanted to do and, and everything else so you know i i I, I'm not glad it happened to her because it's a, it's a huge violation. Yeah, it's a horrible um, thing that's happened to her. And, and, but I'm, but I'm glad that it happened to somebody that is forcing us to take a look at this because we have to figure out how to do something about this because it's not just about Taylor Swift and some of the legislation. There's some legislation coming out, um, that has been introduced in Congress that is trying to sort of combat this thing. Um, but it really only sort of focuses on celebrities, uh, and, and what this is going to end up doing and what it's already doing is killing children. Because there are teenagers and preteen girls across this country who are having this happen to them as we speak yep. and are being extorted and are being harassed and are killing themselves literally because of the the shame and the embarrassment that comes with a picture that's not even real. Right. Not, not even, even real. Used. Not even right. real. You know what I mean? So um we got to do something about this. Microsoft uh, has put some more guardrails around because it was it was the the deep fake of Taylor Swift was generated by um, a Microsoft uh, tool called. Uh, what is it called? Where am I looking? Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Forgive me. Um, it was a Microsoft tool and they went back in and sort of added some more structure around what people could and couldn't do but it's just like this is this is again you know you you talk about this a lot terrence about people rushing to 
have a solution to a problem that hasn't been, you know, identified yet. And everybody is on this AI bandwagon and, and no one has bothered to really sit and consider the implications to the average person. You know, everybody's oh. trying to get that bag and want to be that unicorn AI company that, that creates something that, you know, changes the world. But the implications to the app, to the 13 year old, you know, who mm. has to go to school tomorrow with boys sharing pictures of, 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 of her quote unquote that aren't her and and, and and live with that shame and live yeah. with the idea that that digital footprint is going to be there forever. And 10 years from now, when she goes to get a job, that's the picture somebody may find when they search on, you know what I mean? Like nobody thought about this and they should have. And, and, and this all should have been taken into consideration before we unleashed these tools and these large language models on the public. And, you know, hopefully I don't know what you even do at this point to put this genie back in the bottle because I don't think it can be put back in the bottle. But hopefully, at least the um, and I'm going to find the name of the bill mm. that that uh, this one congressman is introducing. Part of the language of the bill is that they want um, intimate deep fakes to be punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that was a big part of it. So hopefully that will at least deter the the 15 year old boy that would think to do this to the 14 year old girl you know what i mean it has to go beyond that too there has to be substantial financial fines for the companies that are hosting it and and that's Um, the thing we gotta get rid of section 230 yeah so you tell me if i'm off because this is your headline i guess free speech ain't so free after all because okay well twitter you know why do these things that are like bad in this way why do they seem to be keep hitting twitter well the owner of twitter that has had the company now for i guess pushing a year and a half has said we're going to be the bastion i'm doing air quotes for folks who cannot see me of of freedom of speech we're going to allow people to say what they want to say and in you know taking the company over just literally got rid of thousands of people whose job it was was to moderate this kind of content so i don't want to say that this doesn't happen on facebook or instagram or you know snapchat or, or these other platforms because it does but they just have significantly more uh, moderators to try to catch it before it goes super viral like this did. So that's something that has to be looked at. But here's the other part of this too. It's like, you know, you keep saying free speech, free speech, but when that free speech affects your money, speech ain't free so much, you know, anymore. I think that might've been the point that you was getting at there. And that's not lost on me because it's like, you have to make these changes. If you want to have a platform, they're going to allow your platform to run and operate profitably. And that is not necessarily the case uh, for X in this case, because they have gotten written literally of thousands of their moderators and decided we don't need you anymore. We're going to let you go. So I don't think that's a, I don't, I don't believe that is a direct or indirect result because this was going to happen anyway. As soon as they did AI, any new technology, mm-hmm. there are, cre- you know, how they say that there's a sucker born every minute, Well, there's two creeps <laughs> born every minute. <laughs> That's true. And regardless of where it was going to be, as soon as somebody figured out, Oh, I can use this to my advantage by appealing to the least of us, they're going to do it. And like you going back to what you were saying, Stephanie, I don't think we, you say this all the time, we wouldn't get that genie back in the bottle simply because these companies are not 
thinking about all of the implications or maybe they are and they just don't care because the, the the things that they're trying to get at, the ones that make the money, as long as they do that, we'll figure the rest out as we go. But these companies, these new technologies are not taking into account the least of us, whether it be the people who are misusing it or the people affected by the people who misuse this technology. And it's like, we need to start thinking from the ground up. These companies are always thinking revenue down. They're not going to change until we get rid of Section 230. And that's the bottom line. Like we like right now, the government does not have any recourse or and and citizens don't have any recourse against Mm -hmm. an ex for for, you know, if it was me and it was 45 million views of a deep fake of me. Like I couldn't go sue X right now for (laughs) for anything. Steph, explain to folks what Section 230 is. So Section 230 is is a part of the uh, Federal Communications Commission's um, decency. I, I, don't get me lying on the exact name of the of the act, but it, it's a communications act um, that was put up a long, long time ago that governed how uh, it used to be. Uh, uh, phone companies and, and public utilities and different things like that worked. They added in and they shoehorned internet access in there as well. And section 230 basically says that, um, internet platforms are not responsible for the content on mm-hmm. their platform, for the user generated content on their platforms. So nothing that gets posted on X or any other social media platform is Elon Musk's fault. Basically, um, you know, I guess they're relying on, you know, these whack ass, weak ass, you know, mod- content moderation policies and, and terms of service and things like that. But but basically, Section 230 means that the companies can't be held liable for the content on their platforms. And until we get rid of that and you can start suing the companies, they're not there's no vested interest. There's there's no motivation to, to do any type of real significant content moderation. Yeah, you're right. You had it. It's the Communications Decency Act uh, that, that we're talking about. And I think that you're going to have to see Congress get together and actually do some bipartisan stuff. And they're going to have to revise that particular code of that law. Yes. Because if you can't go after the richest persons on the, you know, on, on the planets, uh, you can't right. go after his paper. If everything is good, it's like, hey, I, I ain't put it up. We, we we got it off once. You see, we 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 not my fault. We, we we just I don't want to say they blocked Taylor Swift because they didn't block Taylor Swift. They blocked users from searching for Taylor Swift. Right. You know, this might be and a distinction without around, a difference. You, you can, can still, still get around, around that. it. But it's like, hey, we you know we did something, but until uh, you know, there is a financial issue for them to where, oh, we maybe, maybe we need to go hire a couple thousand moderators to make sure this kind of stuff, th- th- you know, that we're able to address it in a better way than we are right now. Until the law says they have to do that, these things are going to continue to happen. And you putting all this money into AI, 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 make the AI better that can find and, and filter this kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> if you, if you had the mind to do it, you could do it. You know, I, they just don't have Go the fast, mind to do it. Things. Yeah, you're they don't have mm-hmm. the mind to do it because they're not they're not being held responsible for anything. And, you know, for stuff like this, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't really have they said she's looking at suing somebody. I don't know who, but they said she was thinking about a lawsuit. But I'm like, this thing probably originated overseas, you know, on some dark web through a ton of different VPN, you know, uh, nodes, you're never going to figure out who did this. And it's already been shared 
a, a half a trillion times. Because so we it, are creeps, man. We are creeps. creeps. <laughs> That's yeah. where human nature, but it's just like the only thing that, that solves this problem is holding the companies to account. That's yeah, it. the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the famous poet and historian Method Man. Hey, <laughs> once said something, you know, he called, I believe he called it cream. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and until this starts affecting these big trillion dollar companies, I mean, you think about it, you think about how big something, you know, the X is not a trillion dollar company. Meta certainly is. Um, when you start thinking about these companies that are that big, the way you get them to change their behavior right. quick, fast and in a hurry is you ding them in the pocketbook. And the we're not punch. talking about, Oh, it's going to be a $10,000 fine or a hundred thousand yeah. dollar fine. It needs to be a fine that is so big that your shareholders are made aware of it. That's right. And then they say, Oh, what, what happened was. And, oh, y'all need to fix that. You messing with my money now. And that's when the issues ultimately are going to get fixed. It's got to be a financial thing because you can't, you can't bank on, well, what is the right thing to do? This has to be, you know, what, what is the financial impact to these big companies? You need to do more to fix this. And I do believe we're going to, you know, pretty much always be in a situation where the folks out there trying to scam are going to always be a step ahead of the people who are uh, trying to keep this, you know, the, the scam and the spam and all that kind of stuff off those platforms mm-hmm. but as long as you're close you can get to where it doesn't have to be oh wait uh this is getting really bad you can't search for taylor swift on x anymore that is a drastic response to this that companies should have been able to deal with this type of content hey this this image let's go pull this image and anything looks like it off of our platform and i just don't know if they have the capability to do that yes yo so, uh, th- this is, this episode is the Stephanie's favorite things episode because, you know, we're going, we're going to keep talking about X because this one, uh, you know, I, I read this wired article that, uh, it, it really, you know, I, I sat down and I, re- I read the whole thing. It's like, oh, this is kind of interesting because I was thinking that black Twitter. With with Elon Musk taking over X and and a lot of folks just not rolling with it, I thought that Black Twitter would actually pull back a little bit. And according to this article, uh, that says very well written article, it was on Wired.com. It was was like, oh, I didn't expect that. And what I didn't expect is that Black Twitter remains unbothered by Elon Musk and X. It's like it is it is rolling. I don't want to say it's rolling exactly the same way as it used to roll, but people are using it almost with the same fervor uh, that they were using it before Elon Musk ever came in. I mean, there have always been issues with African-Americans specifically on Twitter before it was X. And that was one of the reasons for the prevalence of black Twitter. But even with Elon Musk coming in and all the changes that he's made, Black Twitter really has not pulled back very much. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I, I read the whole thing, too. And shout out to Jason Parham, because, you know, when you say it was a well-written article, it was a beautifully written article. It was, yeah, it was, it was really it good. Was, it was very it was like poetic almost. Um, But shout out to Jason Parham, who, who wrote it. The one thing I kind of was like, I don't know if how I felt about the idea that um, and I'm and I'm, you know, and we got to get Jason. Jason, if you listen, come on the show and holler at us. Um, I wasn't sure if the, cause he talked a lot about black Twitter getting back to pre Ferguson black Twitter. And I wasn't sure if he was trying to make that out to be a good thing or a bad thing. And I wasn't sure if I felt like it should be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, 
that, you know, he, he talked about mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, and now we can just be ourselves and chill out and the mundanity of, of, of the back and forth, you know, conversation that we had before Black Lives Matter happened. And I'm like, do we need to get back to that? Shouldn't we keep Black Lives Matter at the forefront? Like, I, I, I don't know if he was trying to be dismissive, but it sort of came off like, Okay, we're past that. Like we're like we're post racial. We just want to be goofy. We don't yeah, 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 yeah. So, which which yeah. is that, it, which is fine because you know we need a space for that. But uh, I don't know. The so, article just made me feel some kind of way about it. It's funny that you say that because I use this uh, read it later application called Reader, and one of the things I can do is I can highlight articles, highlight you know paragraphs, this and that and the other. So the two paragraphs that I have here in our notes, I actually highlighted you know as something I pulled out. Another highlight that I didn't put here was actually that paragraph where he talked about that. It's like, hey, let me let me go read that again. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. I, and I had like, to read it. Are twice. you saying yeah. that it is somehow better now? And as because. I didn't take it that after I read it the second time, I didn't take it as though he was saying that it is better. I think he was saying it's just this is just it is what it is. You know, this is where we are now. So some of these other types of conversations are still happening and they're happening enough to where black folks have not abandoned the platform. That's kind of how I took it. But yeah, yeah, if some clarification on that, you know, know, could could, could go a long way. It was a nitpick. The good old days. Get back to the good old days. <laughs> right. Yeah. When we just live tweet, when I used to live tweet scandal, I used to live tweet scandal like religiously <laughs> every Thursday um, and be just all in it. But it's just like, you know, I, in, in, in this day and age with it, with everything that's going on, you know, like I, I like I said, I understand the need and the importance of safe spaces to just be and just be goofy and be silly and be frivolous and whatever else. But I I don't know. There was something about that article no. that just kind of. So one of these, and this is why I say I don't think that's what he was saying because one one of these uh um one of these quotes that I have here is we can talk about the ways the algorithm has degraded and changed for engagement, but from Black Twitter users' perspective, I'm not getting a lot of quality conversations. I used to, but I'm still getting indications of Black life. So that's like saying to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting what I used to get, but I'm still getting something, and therefore. I'm here. So that's kind of why I don't think he was like, Oh, this is now somehow better. Right. Uh, because of that one paragraph. Yeah, and no, I here, don't, here, I don't think he was, um, celebrating yeah. the fact that we're back to pre Ferguson black Twitter, but I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Here's, don't know here's, here's another part of this. And Terrence, I'll, I do want to get your take on this. I don't, I want to take up some of this. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go next, but I do have another take I'm going to get back to after you talk. Oh. Um, I, I wish we, and I don't know if maybe the way I read it is he's coming off as not beggy, but it's like, please, please, you know, Twitter, just leave folks alone so they can kind of do what they, I, 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 I wish we had more options, more viable options. And I think the reason why Twitter is so popular is because Twitter is so popular and people like you, like you mentioned in the story, you know, you've found family, you've connected over things. And I think the, the concern or the, the worry is if we all say, all right, we off of Twitter, let's go to something else. You have to start back from zero mm-hmm. to recreate right. those connections. And I think people are scared of that. Yep. So they just deal with what's going on right now, which that ain't necessarily a good option either. Right. 
you know, um, just deal with it. Right. right. When technology and either there are all, there are other platforms we can go to right out there right, right now that Absolutely. have the same functionality, that have Absolutely. same features. Shout I out think, to Spill. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we are people in general, but black Twitter, since that's the subject, we are so hooked on what's working now that that fear of the unknown is stopping this big conglomerate, this, this, you know, not boogeyman, but this, this potential power of black Twitter, you know, we don't want to lose that or it dilutes because we got to start over on another platform. And I really wish that wasn't the case. I really wish if people really, really had beef with things that bothered them and not just Twitter, just in general, I wish we as a society just would have that. I don't care if it blows up my whole right. thing. We need to do the something courage. different. We need mm-hmm. the courage right, to, right. to go and do it and go and, and do it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the yeah. sacrifice because the sacrifice yep. is going to be, I don't know what this new thing looks like. I have curated this instance of myself on this platform. I don't know if I can replicate that and I'm concerned. So I'd rather just stay here than have to Where's concern comfort? myself yep. with that. <laughs> and let me, again, I want to just read because I, I thought about that too when I read this paragraph. Jackson isn't alone. The reported brain drain has seemed to have minimal consequence on the boulevard of Black Twitter where members have a sense of ownership over the platform. Quote, I'm not letting no white man run me off this app. We built this shit brick by brick, end quote. User at Fab Fresh and Fly tweeted recently. And I'm like, first of all, you didn't build anything. Um, and as soon as that white man decides they want you off that app, guess what? You're going to be off that app. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I, I can appreciate the community. Don't get me wrong. Black Twitter don't come for me. I can appreciate, I can appreciate the community that has been built and the work that it took. However, to your point, Terrence, you know, we have to disconnect mm-hmm. from the idea that we have to be tied to a platform or have a personality or a persona or an avatar, whatever that looks like. And, you know, we gonna have to start thinking about potentially moving on to our own shit. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand, like, what's, what's the, what's the harm in that? I mean, and, you know, besides the people that have built businesses and, you know, influencers and all, I get it, but you may have to have the courage to start over, um, to avoid stuff like this. So, so here's the thing. Here's where I am on this. Um, we, the, the three of us, we are all tech heads. So we, we are hearing all the stuff that is happening with X since it has become X, uh, you know, since Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm not calling that. <laughs> right. And mama we, name him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> but we are all. You know, we, we, we all hear this. There's a lot of folks. They have no, they know that the platform changed names and Elon Musk owns it and Elon Musk makes cool Teslas. I, they really just not follow him like that. And they're there. And here's another point. This, this is not part of the article. This is me. I said threads is not a threat to X's utility because the platform is, you know, even though the platform is getting better with each update. So the problem that we have right now is that there is no comparison to X and all the people on blue sky can tell me until you actually get blue in the face that, Oh, you can come over here to blue sky and all the folks on Mastodon and I can tell me until you get blue in the face or oh, you can come over here to Mastodon. And even the hundreds of millions of folks that are on 
X can tell me to your blue in the face or you can come over here to X until you have literally tens of millions of folks, you know, black folks in your platform using it. It's not going to replace X because X has that. And I, I really like, I'm really digging threads. Uh, it gets better and better with every update that they come out with. But if I'm going to be real and honest with you, feature to feature comparison, comparing X to threads, they're it's not, not even close. No. It's, it's, no. it's not even close. It would get dwarfed on that. Now, there are some community aspects of it that I like a lot better over on threads, but even over time, that's actually starting to go is it's starting to revert back to the mean. If, if if Twitter is what the mean is, it's like threads is kind of is not getting better on threads from a community standpoint It's actually going towards where Twitter used to be, maybe where it is. So it it is just a, a, a numbers game. It's like, you know, there there are tens of millions of people that look like us that are on um, you know, they're on uh, X and it is part of what they use almost on a daily situation. That is just not the case. Even though there are now millions of us who are on threads, there are folks like there are people who are on threads who I've actually gone to look at their profile. They've never posted anything on Twitter. They had 17 tweets today. So it is just a, you know, it, you know, so it's, yeah. I, I wonder if this article Will it change in a year when there's other stuff that it, that is better? Will it change in two? Because it, it takes a minute for the social media platforms to get to critical mass. I don't I think Threads is there yet. X never lost it. I guess my whole thing is we claim we run the culture. We always say we are the ones setting the trends. We are right. the ones de- mm-hmm. de- designating what pop was popular, what's funny, what's in, what's out. All right. Well, let's so do let's that go make something else hot. Yeah, yeah right. let's go do it again somewhere else. I don't want to throw the B word out there, what's but the boycotting stuff is hard. I it, it is hard. It ain't yeah. boycotting. No, no, no boycott, but you know, I'm, I'm going to go. You, you, that, you're right. That's not a boycott. You just decide. I'm just, I'm decide to go use something different and make it hot. Go make fan base pop. That is that is hard. That is hard. Why can't we do that? And if 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 your boy Isaac Hayes third gives call back. I Did you come over here and talk about your stuff and tell the people? Uh, the you know, people. so, you know, cause, you know, you need to get on influential tech shows like the tech job. We need to stand on business like, that, like, we, it, yeah. we, like we always right. claim we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And, that, and that's the thing. And like I said, it's going to hurt. It's going to be a growing pain. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a little bit of a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But so, if that's what we saying, if that's what we saying we doing, that's what we need to do. So I'm not sure if y'all are going to notice this on Thursday or about a week from Thursday. But I am not renewing. Remember, the reason I'm Twitter blue, the reason I'm X blue, the reason I have a pro account is because I won it as a door prize to a event that I went to in February of last year. So I've already canceled my account. They will no longer be billing me. And um, where I can't be, I cannot give money to this platform when I feel like the platform is to the antithesis of me and people like me. And I, and I honestly feel like that. And some folks may see it, you know, that, oh, Rob, you know, you're, you know, you're laying it on heavy. No, I, 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 that is my feeling. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Like I could tell you right now, I, I don't intend to give Elon Musk my money intentionally, you know, with, with thought. So he will not when be getting it. You know, I will not be paying check, for a blue uh, I checkbook. Out. <laughs> I yeah. was out. I was like, oh, we're, we're not doing this no more. Yeah. Fine. So my posting habits have completely swapped. I am probably 90% threads, 10% everything else, including Twitter. 
And like I said, I just, I, I just cannot give money over there. Now I'm not deleting my account. I, I don't have a problem with anyone who is actually, you know what? I'm taking a stand. Not only am I not using this platform anymore, I am deleting my account. I'm exporting my data out and I'm moving on. I know, I know multiple people who have done that. I have no problem with that. I'm not there. I'm not deleting my account. I'm just no longer using it because I do know that my moniker, although I've never really had a lot of people following me on Twitter, I do get a lot of DMs on there. So I want people to continue to be able to contact me on that platform. And at some point when that blue check goes away, you're going to see all my other posts kind of kind of kind of fade away and it's going to be find me on these other platforms with a with a link tree to all the other places where you can get me so that that is coming here in in, in the next few days so y'all we're at the end of our hour in fact we went well over we had a lot of topics we talked about there's a lot of tech that went on in the last week so before we get to letting folks how they can get at you i do want to just do uh you know a quick cta to let folks know that if you would like to support the tech john you can do so by becoming a patron heading over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john that's the tech j-a-w-n and we've got multiple tiers over there any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party the live stream is what we're doing right now which is course the live stream of the show uh you know on youtube and the after parties where we're going to hang out with folks for about another 20 minutes or so and just talk about whatever comes up so if you like to do that if you like to join that you can do so by becoming a patron patreon.com forward slash the tech john and we appreciate anything that you can do so with that being said tech life steph why don't you tell the folks i didn't get at you you can follow me all around the web at tech life steph check out stephaniehumphrey.com and the birthday week commences all right, all right. Happy birthday, early birthday! Appreciate and you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B R O T H A T E C H. And you can find me on all the things at Rob Dunwood, and we are also at all the things at the Tech John. So come holler at us, however you holler. Until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.